Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Will Ford Show as part of the Muskie Sports Blast talk program on WMCO 90.7. Unfortunately, Muskingum students and faculty are not going to be returning to campus this semester for the remainder of the spring term uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic affecting the United States and the world. And obviously, it's a little disappointing, you know, just because I want to come back into the studio, uh, and I know a lot of my friends and and people I work with in Orbit Media do too. They want to come back and hop in the studio and do shows, and and you know I want to sit and talk with you every every Monday from six to eight. I want to interview athletes and coaches from different uh, Muskingum athletic teams on on the Muskie Sports Blast every weekday from eight to eight thirty. I w- we wanted to broadcast a lot of games during this the spring season baseball, softball, lacrosse, and now we don't get that opportunity. And it's disappointing, but of course, safety is the main concern. And I'll take being safe and overcautious any day of the week. You'd rather overreact than underreact. And I I think this is, uh, schools doing this across the state of Ohio and the country, I think it's the right move. And But it doesn't matter what I think, it matters what world uh, World Health Organizations and experts think. And this was deemed the best thing to do to try to contain and limit the spread of the coronavirus because we don't want people going out and potentially having the virus and spreading it to other people and also contracting it themselves. So safety, primary concern here in this situation, and I'll take that any day of the week. Uh, but moving on, let's get into the musky sports blast here. NFL free agency, really the only thing going on in sports with everything else being canceled and or postponed. Uh, so I think the the big name that was recently cut and signed over the last couple of days, running back Todd Gurley from the Los Angeles Rams, signed a big extension worth $15 million uh, per season uh, two years ago. He was cut by the Rams and then signed by the Atlanta Falcons uh, pretty much immediately after. But Gurley has had a lot of issues over the last couple of years with his knee and, and being injured. He has not lived up to the contract that he's got. Ever since he's gotten paid, he has been almost non-existent in the Rams' offense. Uh, the year he got paid, the year the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, uh, he was a non-factor in that championship game against the New England Patriots. And really, for most of that playoff run, really didn't do much at all for the Rams. And if you look at Todd Gurley, over the last couple of seasons, uh, last year he only rushed for 850 yards. Did have 12 touchdowns, but only 850 yards it wasn't his best season. If you you look at 2018, uh, he he rushed for 1,200 yards, but disappeared in that playoff run, and subsequently in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. This is the reason why running backs don't deserve to be paid long-term contracts once you know they're four five six years in the league because their shelf life is so short running backs have the shortest shelf life of any position in the national football league i wholeheartedly believe that period point blank i think there are a handful of more valuable positions in the nfl than running back obviously quarterback no debating that. I think you need a strong offensive lineman, preferably a left tackle, because most quarterbacks in the NFL, they throw with their right hand. 
we're going to have a lefty in the league next year and Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama. But you you need a strong offensive lineman who's elite, who can protect your quarterback. And this league is a quarterback wide receiver league, so you need a number one option. I mean, Dak Prescott, a couple of years ago, struggled through part of his first season without Des Bryant to put up any numbers and win any games. And they brought in Amari Cooper, turned that whole team around, and now it's one of the best quarterback receiver combos in the National Football League. Then, I think after quarterback, left tackle, and receiver, you go over to the defensive side of the ball. You need a pass rusher. You need an elite pass rusher who can get to the quarterback, be a game wrecker, stop the run, but also get to the quarterback. That's the most valuable position on a defense. I think after that, you need a corner who can lock people down, like a Richard Sherman in his prime, Jalen Ramsey in today's game. Someone like that who can follow anyone on the field, follow a team's best receiver, and and just lock them down. And then an honorable mention position that I would put in front of running back is maybe linebacker. Someone who can command a defense, fly sideline to sideline, plug holes in the run game, and have some decent coverage over the middle in those short to intermediate routes. And really, after that, that's maybe where I put running back. I don't think running backs are that valuable, uh, just because they have such a short shelf life, like I said. Uh, Really, they only last you know, five, six, seven years. And so what I would do with a running back is if you if you really need a running back and there's some good talent in the first round, you draft a running back in the first round and then you play out his rookie deal. So it's usually four years with then a, a team option in the fifth year. You pick up that team option if he's, if he's a good running back, if he's a good player and you've got a running back for five years who is really good or elite. And then after five years, don't don't pay him. If you do decide to sign him, sign him to use him as a trade chip to get draft compensation, and then you can use that those draft picks to go out and get another running back in the first or second round. I, I would just keep it on a site. If I was a, a general manager or working in a team's front office, that's what I would propose. That's what I would do with that position is basically replenish it after every four or five seasons because I, I don't want to pay a running back 15, 16, 17 million dollars a season for him to not show up in games, get hurt, not be healthy, and just not be as good as they were in their early years. The shelf life is just far too too short for me to even consider paying a running back that much money. Todd Gurley, like I said, signed with the Atlanta Falcons, and that came after the Atlanta Falcons cut Devontae Freeman who was making around 13 or 14 million dollars a season. It's less than those top guys like Gurley and, and Zeke, uh, Ezekiel Elliott that is. But he was still making a lot of money and he wasn't producing. If you look at Devontae Freeman over the last couple of seasons, he's only rushed for about 1500 yards combined over the last three seasons, 2019 rushed for 650 yards and had six total touchdowns rushing and receiving in 2018. He only had 68 yards rushing total. He, he was hurt the whole year. Didn't play. And then 2017, 865 yards rushing. And then you look at 2015 and 2016, he was a thousand yard rush, rusher in both of those, both of those seasons, 
But over the last three, he's only rushed for a little over a combined 1,500 yards and a total of 14, 15 touchdowns. Once these running backs get a few years into the league and they start accumulating some of these injuries, it's not worth paying them all this money, no matter how talented they are, because they're one of the positions in the National Football League that just get beat upon every single play. They take a handoff or they're they're out blocking, protecting the quarterback. They're taking hits on every single play. And to me, it's just not the smartest idea to invest 15, 16, 17 million dollars a season into a running back when their shelf life is so short and their prime only lasts really four seasons. Right now, we're going to take a short break here on the Muskie Sports Blast. Coming up when we return, the Cleveland Browns making some big signings, really improving their team, but I'm not ready to jump on their bandwagon just yet. I'll explain why. Also, the Washington Redskins trade for a quarterback to add to the competition in Washington with Dwayne Haskins. That and more when we return here on the Muskie Sports Blast on the Orbit 90.7. Welcome back to the Will Ford Show as part of the Muskie Sports Blast on WMCO 90.7. Thanks for making the Orbit a part of your day. Hopping back into some NFL free agency, the Cleveland Browns making some big signings, really improving the talent on their roster. Uh, The first notable signing that we'll look at is getting tight end Austin Hooper, who was a free agent from the Atlanta Falcons, really becoming one of the more reliable and talented tight ends in the National Football League, uh, I think that that first tier of tight ends is Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. I think you put Austin Hooper a tier below. I think he's really become one of the better tight ends in football, probably one of the five, six, or seven best tight ends in the league. And I think the Browns getting him, it, it gives Baker Mayfield a more reliable option uh, at that position than what David Njoku has been over the last couple of years. Far uh, A far healthier option, and I think just a, a better tight end in general. I love the signing, and I think it's going to really help Baker Mayfield take a, a bigger step in year three. But I think the even bigger move, uh, the Browns also added a player into their secondary uh, safety, Andrew Sandejo. Uh, Sandejo is a really good player on the back end and can make plays in the secondary. really like that signing. But the big signing, I think this is the most valuable signing maybe of the entire offseason for any team uh, besides the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bringing in Tom Brady. The Browns signing offensive tackle Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans, that team that went to the AFC Championship in a magical run this past season. This is exactly what the Cleveland Browns needed, and it's what they should have went after a long time ago. Baker Mayfield was playing behind one of the worst offensive lines last year, had hardly any time to throw the football down the field, no time to look, was scrambling a lot of times, and turned the ball over a lot as a result. Getting Jack Conklin, I think, is going to be huge for Baker Mayfield's development because it's going to give him more time to look through his progressions, look through his reads, make better throws and make better decisions with the football. He's not going to have to feel like he's got to force it into these tight windows. I think Jack Conklin, and these are one of this, this is what I I said, uh, offensive tackles, the second most valuable position in the national football league, in my opinion, behind quarterback, you've got the quarterback in Baker Mayfield, 
who can be a wildly accurate quarterback. You just need the offensive lineman who can protect him and give him some time to throw the football. I think getting Jack Conklin is going to significantly increase Baker Mayfield's production next year, and it's going to make him a better quarterback, and we're not going to be looking at him as if he's a bust, because right now, not looking like the best of draft picks. Certainly better than a Johnny Manziel that the Browns drafted years ago. But I think with these improvements at the tight end position and then on, on the offensive line, it's going to make Baker Mayfield better. But I'm not ready to hop on the bandwagon just yet. And here's why. The Browns have failed to prove it year after year after year. They're the most poorly run organization in the National Football League. They can never get out of their own way. They always find a way to ruin it. And last year, they were almost equally as talented as they are on paper this year. Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb. They brought in Kareem Hunt, but he didn't get to play until eight uh, eight games into the year. They have a, a stud defense. And what did they do? They went out and laid a goose egg and went, what, 7-8-1? and one? Didn't make the playoffs? And everybody was saying, oh, this Browns team is going to make it to the AFC Championship. Uh-uh. Now, what about this year? Everybody's hopping back on the Browns bandwagon. And sure, they look great on paper, but we don't even know how this new coach is going to work out. We know Freddie Kitchens was a disaster last season. Couldn't stick to an offensive game plan. It seemed like one week it was running the ball with Nick Chubb, and they ended up winning games whenever they went through Nick Chubb. And then the next game, they're going heavy pass, and Nick Chubb's non-existent, and they lose. Freddie Kitchens could not stick to a set offensive game plan, didn't make adjustments. You can't be a, you can't not be a head coach anywhere else and get a job in the NFL and expect to be successful. It just wasn't going to work from the outset. And so now this season, they bring in Kevin Stefanski from the Minnesota Vikings, offensive coordinator. I think that's what Baker Mayfield needs is an offensive-minded guy who's going to put him in the best position to succeed. He's been a coach before, but doesn't have too much experience. So it's going to be another learning experience it's going to take some growing but i'm telling you i'm not hopping on this bandwagon until they prove it to me they've got all this talent on offense we know their defense has been good they're getting miles garrett back off of suspension from last season he's going to be ready for the start of the year they've got a stud defense the defense is good it's been good for a few years but on offense it's too inconsistent baker mayfield turns the ball over a lot now, that's partly to do because of not having a lot of time in the pocket. He gets rushed into throw sometimes, but all, but sometimes it's even his own poor decisions that get in his way. They have a better tight end now in Austin Hooper. They have two of the best receivers in the league, two of the top 12 to 15 receivers in the league in Jarvis Landry and Oda Beckham Jr. And now you've got an improved offensive line with Jack Conklin at tackle. This team looks great on paper but organizationally they continue to get in their own way real quickly here before we go to break here on the musky sports blast the washington redskins traded for kyle allen quarterback from the carolina panthers to add to the competition that they have in washington with Dwayne haskins who's going to be a second year quarterback this year personally in my opinion i think the redskins traded for the wrong carolina panthers quarterback they should have went after Cam Newton, 
who I think would have put them in a better position to win now. With the familiarity between Cam Newton and Ron Rivera, it makes perfect sense to go out and get him. Rivera knows exactly what kind of offense to put around Cam Newton. Newton is healthy this year. He's going to be completely healthy. He didn't play at all last year. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be refreshed. We might see those Superman-like plays from Cam Newton again. And I think Cam Newton, I mean, he was a former MVP and led the Panthers to a Super Bowl with limited offensive weapons around him. I think I think Cam Newton would have put the Redskins in a better position to win now. You can have him for two to three seasons, and then you can transition into your next quarterback. And then you use your, your number two draft pick, not on a quarterback, but in a position of need on the defense. You go get Chase Young, someone like that. They went out and got Kyle Allen. Don't know if I like that. Uh, Kyle Allen is certainly a, a decent player. Went 5-7 and seven with the Panthers last year in Cam's absence. But I don't think it puts them in the best position to win now. I think Cam Newton would have. And I think the Redskins actually would have been a borderline playoff team, borderline wildcard team in the NFC next season. They went out and got Cam Newton, but instead they've got Kyle Allen, and so we'll see a competition between Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. Coming up on the other side of this break here on the Orbit 90.7, the Muskie Sports Blast, a huge player on the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, retiring early, and also the Los Angeles Rams got a new logo, new branding. I'll tell you whether or not I like it next on the Will Ford Show on the Muskie Sports Blast. On the Orbit 90.7. The Will Ford Show, a part of the Muskie Sports Blast talk program on the Orbit 90.7. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Finishing off the Muskie Sports Blast here, a major player for the Dallas Cowboys, a significant piece on their offensive line. Their starting center, Travis Frederick, retiring at the age of 29. Very early for a football player to retire at that age. He was suffering from an autoimmune disease a couple of years ago, sat out uh, two seasons ago, played last year, and now this season deciding to retire uh, before getting back into training camp and things like that. I know he had major concerns about coming back before because this disease, uh, it's called the, the, excuse me if I butcher the name of this, it's the Guillain-Barr syndrome, uh, which affects or it affects the nervous system. Uh, so basically, you can just lose all feeling in different parts of your body. And I know, I know Travis Frederick was having a lot of problems with that and wasn't very comfortable with the situation, given that he is a husband and a father and wanted to be able to be there for his kid and be able to do things with his kid and you know not be limited to what he can do because of this autoimmune disease. And so I think... This played a major role in his decision to retire, and not to mention, you know, the potential scares of coronavirus concerns. Uh, you know, I, there's no telling what kind of effect that can have on his body, uh, because people who have, you know, pre-existing health conditions and different diseases are much more susceptible to this kind of uh, this this coronavirus. So, even though we haven't seen many cases in the NFL. We've only got one confirmed case in the National Football League, and that's head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton. I'm sure anyone who's been in contact with him over the last couple of weeks is going to get tested, anyone from the New Orleans Saints organization, and of course his family, a great coach and a great man. Hopefully he recovers soon. Uh, But 
I'm sure that's what was weighing on Travis Frederick's mind. Of course, his autoimmune disease, plus the uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus. It's a huge hit for the Dallas Cowboys, but of course, his health is the main concern. Uh, you don't want anyone continuing to play when their heart's not all the way in it and when they're at risk of potentially doing uh, physical harm to themselves and it's it's physical harm that'll last for the rest of their lives. Uh, so you, you you don't want to you don't want to put a player in that situation to make him feel like he has to play. Uh, so all the best to him as he recovers and continues the battle with the Gullian Barr syndrome. Hopefully he stays healthy. But this can really impact now what the Dallas Cowboys decide to do uh, in the in the NFL draft. In the first round, that they have a, a mid-round pick in the first round. It's around 16 or 17. And there were talks weeks ago that the Cowboys would have loved to have traded up if the opportunity to presented itself to get someone in the defensive secondary because they let Byron Jones go. They did not have enough money to pay him, Amari Cooper, get Dak Prescott signed, even though they tagged him, didn't sign him. They weren't going to have enough uh, enough money to bring in all those uh, to make all those signings, bring in some new people. So they had to let Byron Jones walk. But my feeling was the Cowboys were going to trade up from the middle of the first round and move all the way up into the early first and take cornerback Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, the best corner prospect in the draft, and replace Byron Jones, who and Okuda could be honestly one of the best corners in the league next year in his rookie year and be far cheaper than Byron Jones would would have been. So I think that was what their original plan is, but now with Travis Frederick retiring, they may consider going offensive line in the first round, seeing what centers are out there, or maybe versatile offensive linemen who have played either guard or tackle, but also have experience playing the center position. So I know the offensive line, it's it's the staple of the Dallas Cowboys. It's been a staple of the, of the Dallas Cowboys for uh, many years, especially over the last five or six years. Uh, so... I know it's really important to them, and I know they want to keep that as strong as possible for Dak and for Ezekiel Elliott running the football. Uh, so they may have to change their plans and go offensive line in the first round unless they think they can get some great value in the second round or maybe some later rounds. So it kind of throws a monkey wrench in their plans, but of course all the best to Travis Frederick and his recovery from the Gillian Barr syndrome. Uh, with the last couple of minutes here, the Los Angeles Rams did some branding. They rebranded themselves. They have a new logo. And of course, this is radio, so I can't really can't really show it to you. You kind of have to look it up on your own. But I'm not a I'm not a real big fan of this logo. Uh it's it when I first saw it when it was when the the original design was first leaked, it kind of looked a lot like the Los Angeles Chargers logo. And of course, they refined it a little bit. It looks Better now than it did when I saw the the original sketch for it. But I'm still kind of not a fan. I don't really like it all that much. I do see the ram horn in it. It is kind of cool looking. Uh, but they have a new design for a ram. I don't know. I, I'm just not the biggest fan of it. I, I don't know what was wrong with it before. But I know 
The reason why they wanted to rebrand themselves is because they're new. They're moving into a new stadium this year. So, of course, it makes sense. But you have to look it up on your own and see what you think. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Uh, but, of course, uh, you've got to make a brand for yourself because that the, the Rams logo and the branding they had was the St. Louis Rams. That's who they were as the St. Louis Rams, not as the Los Angeles Rams. So this kind of starts that new era, that, that new Los Angeles feel. Not the biggest fan of it. It's going to take a while for it to grow on me, but I think we'll be all right. Thank you for joining me, Will Ford, here on the Muskie Sports Blast Talk program on the Orbit 90.7. Everybody stay safe out there uh, with the coronavirus pandemic. Stay in your homes. Only go somewhere if you need to go somewhere. And stay safe because I love talking to you. Thanks for joining me on the Will Ford Show as part of the Muskie Sports Blast on the Orbit 90.7.